in the field of superintendent, um, there are literally 5% African-American women leading school districts across the nation. Wow. What's interesting is, is that for Prince George's County, we're the 21st largest school district in the United States. There are a total of four women, myself and three others, that lead those 21 school districts. On this season of the PG Daily, we will be taking an in-depth look at education in Prince George's County. You will hear from some of the integral voices that are responsible for educating and enriching the minds of students in the county. You will also hear from students that have been directly impacted by the county's educational system, and you will hear how the Prince George's County schools impact the community as a whole. I'm David Smalls. Stay tuned. Good day and welcome to Prince George's Community News. I'm Vanita Newsom. Today is Monday, October 14, 2019. We will have beautiful weather this Columbus Day. After a cold start, high temperatures will climb into the mid-70s with breezy winds. It will be dry and mild for tonight's national game with temperatures in the upper 60s for the first pitch at 7.38 p.m. Tomorrow will start off even cooler with the afternoon a little bit cooler than today. Today will be mostly sunny, breezy, and warm. Highs 74 to 77. Winds northwest at 5 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight will be mostly clear and chilly. Lows 38 through 50 degrees. Winds north 5 miles per hour. Tuesday will be sunny with partly cloudy skies. Highs to the mid-70s. Winds northeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Today's sunrise is at 7.16 a.m., sunset at 6.31 p.m. And that's our local weather for today. In local news, the Washington Post writes that local police announced Sunday that a pedestrian was fatally struck in a hit-and-run last Saturday in Laurel, Maryland, and a man has been arrested. Police described the victim only as male was struck at Gorman Avenue and 11th Street. His name is being withheld until relatives can be notified according to authorities. A witness said that a vehicle involved may have been a white or gray four-door sedan. Investigators determined that a part found at the scene came from a Toyota Camry. Police said they received reports shortly after a white Corolla with front-end damage and a broken windshield was stopped on the shoulder of I-95. When police arrived, the damaged car was no longer there. However, police said citizen had obtained a license plate number. Police said they traced the registration to an address in Silver Spring where they found a vehicle that fit the description. Police said that Ms. Old Edgardo Cruz Celis, 31, was arrested. They said he faces charges of vehicle manslaughter, driving under influence, and hit and run. WJLA reports how a brother and sister are held as heroes for helping save a 72-year-old man who was attacked by two dogs. The mauling happened along Hillmore Drive in District Heights. Jeremy Phillips Mincy and his sister Jessica Phillips were about to catch a bus to the Howard University football game when the dogs attacked. Jeremy explained how he had never seen dogs with that look in their eyes or exhibit that kind of behavior. They were out for blood, he said. He also said the dog had one of the older man's hand in his mouth. He was playing with it like it was a toy. Jessica called 911 
from behind a fence, and when the dogs finally ran away, she used a sock to try to stop the bleeding of the gentleman. Prince George's County Police said the American Bulldogs also attacked a 52-year-old man. When one of the dogs charged the officer, they shot and killed it. They got the other dog with a control pole, but the dog moved around so much it strangled itself in the wire. A third dog, which was not involved in the attack, was taken away by animal control. The owners of the dogs have not been identified, and it is not clear if they will face any consequences or what, or what will happen to the third dog. The Washington Business Journal announces that Target Corporation is scheduled to open a store in Oxon Hill on October 20th, less than a year after the Minneapolis-based retail giant acquired a lease from the former Kmart location. The 82,000-square-foot store will employ roughly 160 people per a Target fact sheet. It is located at 6163 Oxon Hill Drive at Rivertown Commons, which is located less than two miles from MGM National Harbor. It is a small format store with a selection of apparel, accessories, home decor, personal care, beauty products, groceries, and produce. There will also be a CVS pharmacy on site. Target operates 46 stores, including Oxon Hill, in the greater Washington area, seven of which are small format. These stores overall employ more than 8,000 employees, according to Target. That's our local news for today. From Prince George's Community News, I'm Vanita Newsom. And now for our big story of the day. I, Heavenly B, sit with Prince George's County Public Schools CEO and Superintendent, Dr. Monica Gosen. Here's what I discovered. So, what does the CEO and superintendent do for the county? And are they two different roles or are they, they one role? Yeah, they're one. So, most people know superintendent. Yeah. So, typically when I'm in the neighborhood or community, I always say, I'm the superintendent. Because when you say CEO, they're thinking of a major corporation. Mm -hmm. um, the name chief executive officer came from legislation when it was enacted. CEO is no different than superintendent. I do manage a $2.1 billion organization. Yeah. Um, and as of last year, we had 134,000 students, and we have more than that this year. So it really is an opportunity to, the role of CEO is to oversee this major corporation of children, students, and our employees. Tell me what you felt in that moment. As most folks know, I served as the interim CEO for 11 months, and I call it um, the role where you interview every day mm. for 11 months. And so there were days where um, I, I thought about would I have the opportunity to even get the job, um, to interview for it and actually get the job. And so after going through the interview process, um, and most people don't realize this, I studied for days. Uh, was super nervous, um, and when the county executive offered the position, um, super elated. I mean, extremely excited. And I, you know, the very first thing I thought about were my own kids, my my sons, who always said to me, "You love doing, you love being with kids. So when you get into this role, when you 
don't find yourself with kids anymore, you feel like you have to leave that role. And I committed to them that that would be something I would do. And I make sure that I'm around kids every week so that I don't have to lead a role. Yes. But on that day, I thought about them. And then I thought about the other 130,000 kids we have. Because for me, what it allowed me to do was now show them that one day this could be them. Because I sat in the same seat they're sitting in now. And so... They have some of the same experiences, and to see you is just inspiring. Making decisions for students and teachers every day that will impact their life today, tomorrow, and the future. And so the view is, is totally different. Um, I wake up thinking about what decisions have to be made. I go to bed thinking about what still needs to be done. I'm trying to make decisions that will impact us from now and over the next 10 years. Yeah. Um, so every day I'm purposeful about what I do. But I also spend the evening before I go to bed doing a time of reflection. Just taking an opportunity every day just to thank God for every opportunity and experience I have for the day. And to really reflect on what I could do better. Because trust me, every day is nowhere close to being perfect. <laughs> um, that leads to my next question which was what are some of the biggest challenges throughout your career probably the biggest challenge throughout my career was and I stated this earlier but I, I don't want to take it for granted is just not saying people like me mm -hmm. um, I sat in many rooms with lots of male colleagues um, and there's really nothing wrong with it. But when you have an opportunity to talk to someone who's experiencing the same thing you are. So I'm a single mom. I have two kids. Um, there are days I go through mommy guilt. Um, and my kid's a senior in high school. So don't get me wrong. He m most days really doesn't want to talk to me. <laughs> um, but I still have the guilt of feeling like I should be there when he gets home. And... Honestly, he doesn't care if I'm there or not. It really is me. And just having someone else to talk through that with. Yes. I can tell you, I over-prepare for every meeting and event I attend. And I know for a fact that there are some other colleagues who I sit next to who walk in and say, what's this meeting about? Mm -hmm. I don't have that luxury. As an African-American woman, I have a different set of expectations that are set for me. And, I, and it's my goal to make sure I meet and exceed it. But not having an opportunity to have someone to converse with about that through this journey, I think would have been the biggest challenge. Wow, that's awesome. I definitely can relate. Um, how do you hold on to the girl that grew up in Prince County while still managing the school system? So, you know, every experience that I've had an opportunity to be in has led me to where I am today. And what my my family, my parents have taught me, and my church have taught me is that you don't forget from whence you've come. Mm -hmm. And I don't. I do not. And so it's easy for me to go to a school and have a conversation with our students about school lunch because I sat in the same seat and complained about student lunch. <laughs> so just so our students know, lunch hasn't changed in over 30 years. We still all complained about it. It's a whole lot healthier now, but still it really is having those experiences, um, and, and I'm still Monica. I say this to people all the time. 
Um, a title doesn't define me. Yeah. My actions do. My experiences and our time and interaction together is what defines. And I kind of make sure I fall back on that at all times. So being a Prince Georgian, is that what keeps you in this school system versus any other school system that you can work in? Oh, it does. But I also have an opportunity to work with an amazing staff. Okay. Really, um, we have some teachers who go above and beyond, principals, assistant principals, custodians, cafeteria workers, bus drivers. They really are my drive because they want to get it right for kids. Mm -hmm. And I know I could go to any other district and find probably similar, um, but not like in Prince George's County. I feel like it honestly is a place where excellence reigns. And you only experience that when you go to another state. And you see it and you experience it and you think, oh, I need to hurry up and get back home. <laughs> um, and so I'm grateful to have an opportunity to serve the same community that helped raise me. I love it. Awesome. Okay, you have reached heights. And you mentioned a little bit about this earlier, about um, just being able to inspire the younger generations. So now that you've reached these heights that many young ladies can't really necessarily see for themselves, what advice would you give them? So the first one would be to find a mentor, someone who's going to help you navigate the road that you're trying to get to, what you believe is that road. Because as I shared before, I thought I was going to be an actuary, mm -hmm. and I ended up not being. And so finding a mentor, and that mentor really has to be someone that you value their voice and that you'll accept what they have to share with you. Always keep your eyes open to learning. Yeah. And ultimately, Knowing that sky's the limit. Don't close off opportunities. Every opportunity you have to meet someone, take advantage of that opportunity. Make sure you know them personally, get to know their name, find out a way to continue to connect. I think the one thing that I try to teach my own kids is the quality of networking. Yes. Um, and that you never know when you might need to have a conversation with a person 10, 15 years from now that you interacted with. And it was just for a brief moment. I believe in her. I wish I would have learned that skill earlier in life. <laughs> Me too. I wish I had it as well. What is the most rewarding part of your job? Wow. There are so many rewarding moments. I can tell you, um, and that's really, that's probably why I do my nightly reflection about the day, because I don't want to miss an opportunity to just thank God for the what I had the, the opportunity to experience so some days it could be literally singing a nursery song um, on the floor in a kindergarten class. Or it could be having a conversation, a tough conversation with a middle school student about his experience and how unhappy he may be. Or it is sometimes, and I know that might not sound rewarding, but it's the opportunity for that kid now to feel like his voice has been heard. Yes. And that I'm going to be able to try to do something to change it. And sometimes... It's just leaving a meeting at a school where a teacher just says, thank you for the pay increase. You don't know how much that has impacted my household. And so it's those daily interactions that make the job rewarding. There's no one thing I could say it really is. Yeah, just appreciating the little things to yes. add up to the big things. Okay. Well, before I ask this last question, mm -hmm. I was going to ask the last big question, but I'm going to ask you, because I researched and found out that every school you attended which was an HBCU. Yes, that was intentional. Yes. yes. Tell me 
what your thinking was behind that decision? Well, initially, of course, in addition to wanting to get as far away from home as possible, I had lots of other choices. Um, I really, in my research, because back then when you selected colleges, you did it through a catalog. Okay. You didn't have an opportunity to do a site visit like kids do now. Mm -hmm. um, but honestly, it was the nurturing, caring environment that I knew historically back colleges and universities provided. And being that far away from home, my mom made it very clear, you only go come home Christmas and the end of the year because we can't afford anything other than that. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that I could be in a place where when I got homesick, I could go to a professor who could help me work through that. And when I was struggling academically, I wouldn't feel ashamed of asking for help and support and where I thought I could get help from other classmates. And I knew that historically black colleges and universities offered that. Once I got to Florida A&M University, I got that and then more. Um, the experience was phenomenal. And then as I started to get into my content and academics, I began to learn more about social justice and ways that I could begin to help my own community. And from that, that is what caused me to continue my matriculation to get my master's and doctorate from other HBCUs because I wanted to continue to have those kinds of conversations, candid conversations yeah. with people about how I could continue to elevate our community and what are some of the things that caused us to get to where we are now. So with that, what would you like your legacy to be? Gosh, now that's an excellent <laughs> question. Um, you know, honest and truly, it's a legacy of academic excellence, accountability and transparency. Um, ultimately, kids come to school every day so that they can be the best that they can be, so they can compete in the world of work or in their post-secondary experience. And I want to make sure that when they leave, that they feel like something was different in their educational experience than what they had before, because I focused on what happened in the classroom and that came from my leadership ability. And that really honestly comes through accountability and doing it with fairness and dignity and being transparent about everything that we do. Awesome. I love it. Your um, giggles in before you continue your busy work day. Okay. It's called Rapid Fire. I'm, I'm ready. going to ask you some questions. Gosh. And you're going to give me the first answer that comes to mind. This should be a little easy for you because they're around Prince George's County and a little um, of your history. Okay, we'll try. All right, let's go. Which Florida agricultural and mechanical alumnus is the president of a major shoe company and gave the 2019 commencement address? Commencement or convocation? I'm going to say convocation. G. Scott Uzel. Okay, you're right. Okay. I had not had to give you the options. You just know. I was just there. I just came <laughs> back. I was just at Homecoming. Okay. In 1695, Prince George's County was formed from two adjacent counties. What were they? <laughs> Good question. I'll give you some choices. Okay, please. Okay, it's either Calvert and Charles County, Baltimore and Laurel, or Loudoun and Fairfax. Well, we know it wasn't the last one. <laughs> um, I was going to say Charles, but it's not. It is. It is. See, that's why you know your first instinct. <laughs> Charles, Charles and Calvert. There we go. Okay. 
Which was the last Prince George's High School to win a state championship in football? Dr. Henry A. Wise. <laughs> Correct. Correct. You know your stuff. I love football. Which high school in the Prince George's County graduates the highest percentage of Prince George's Community College alumni? I would like to say all of them. <laughs> no. That is a goal. <laughs> that is. But right now we have either Bowie High School, the Academy of Health Sciences. Academy of Health Sciences. Oh. Okay. Yes. We might have, we have a, a 99% graduation rate. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Last question. Which of the following is the southernmost elementary school in Prince George's County? Baden Elementary School, Barack Obama Elementary School, or Law Elementary School? Baden Elementary School. Okay, we have a sophomore sweep in rapid fire history. Yeah, I got some help. I got some help. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was an honor to be on the community college's campus, to be in this amazing new performing arts facility. I'm excited about all that Dr. Dukes is leading and all that the students of the community college are inspiring to do. Thank you for listening to the PG Daily Podcast. Tune in next time for more daily news and informative interviews concerning Prince George's County. This show has been brought to you by Prince George's Community Radio and the opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Prince George's Community College, its staff, faculty, administration, or its affiliates. It is produced by Heavenly Bee, Dorcas Ashinowo, Stephen Boney, Vanita Newsom, David Smalls, and is executively produced by Dale Roden.